0: Thank you all so much for coming back to yet another podcast. This month's topic, we're releasing this in April because April is kind of, kind of a lot of focus on stress. Um, and the, the topic is burnout, fatigue and exhaustion. It's kind of one of those topics that no one ever really wants to talk about until really, unfortunately it's too late. It's like saying the word burnout out loud will make it happen when in reality it's quite the opposite. The more we talk about it, the more we think about it, the more we try and prevent it, the better for us, our friends, family, etc. So I'm really happy to have my colleague Kirsty, who works alongside me and my team, um, to come and join us on this session discussing what burnout really is, how it can also masquerade as fatigue and exhaustion. Thinking about how these terms are not mutually exclusive, but in fact, can all be signs of one another existing or in fact, potentially lead into one another. What we're going to unpick today is how you can actively avoid reaching these states or in fact, spot you could be on the downward spiral or make some changes. So Kirsty, it'd be great to introduce yourself and I don't think you've actually been on one of my podcasts, have you yet?
1: I haven't. This is my first time, so I'm really excited to be here. So, um, yeah, thank you. Um, So, yeah, I'm Kirsty Sharp. I'm one of the rehabilitation and wellbeing consultants at Unum, as Beth kindly said. I guess just to give listeners a bit of a background about my role, I actually have a very varied role. So, um i help companies build and enhance their health and wellbeing strategies um help with the creation and delivery of our workshops and webinars so we do lots of webinars on different topics um and burnout has been a really popular theme that we've seen coming through a lot of companies requesting support Uh, for employees that are suffering with burnout. Um, And then I also kind of deliver our early intervention absence management support. So I help employees that are either absent from work or at work struggling, just need that little bit of extra support. So I help them either get back to work or remain in work. So yeah, absolutely love what I do. Um, But as you can imagine in the last couple of years, we have seen a massive rise of referrals coming into union with people going off work with burnout. And I think with the pandemic, I think it's just become even more prevalent. And it's a topic I've always been really interested in. I mean, I've always had a passion for health and wellbeing, particularly kind of workplace wellbeing. But I think with the rise of the pandemic, uh, people have lost that kind of work-life balance. We've seen the rise of that always-on culture, people constantly working. Um, So I just think it's a really, really important and interesting topic that we all should be talking about because it's just so, so prevalent, particularly at the moment.
0: Well, actually, I was... asked about it last week Funny enough um someone was asking me about burnout um and I know you did a session for a customer as well recently as well didn't you? I did yeah it was
1: really really good we got a lot of engagement and I think people found it really valuable yeah really really interesting session.
0: So we do see a lot in the work we do but I think we go on to talk about this in a bit in that we can't use the term lightly I think there's a lot of people that may use the word burnout without really knowing too much behind it and in actual fact yeah we're seeing the word used a lot but is it is that what you're really experiencing or are you just starting to see the signs and you should be doing something to support yourself um so i think it's going to be quite an interesting session for loads of people and actually while i was thinking about the session in advance i was remembering a customer a client that we went to before i wouldn't have a name names i won't even give industry away i'm trying i'll be very subtle um but this group of managers, they were in this session, they were coming to learn about stress awareness and management in a face-to-face workshop. And they went, oh, have you seen that article? It listed all these things about burnout, what burnout is. And I swear on my life, I've got all of them. I've got every single one. And I was
1: like, what, How are, they, are they actually
0: competing again? They were competing each other. I haven't slept properly. I worked until 11 o'clock last night. I was drinking wine, I did, 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 like just going on and on competing about who had the most of this like trying to kind of checklist of burnout and it struck me as peculiar then like it was like it was a good thing it's almost like um uh glamorizing isn't it glamorizing a lack of self-care i'm so hardworking that i've got burnout i'm so i'm so dedicated but actually we we need to stop glamorizing that kind of peculiarity of listing i've got all these burnout topics but actually thinking about the fact that the brilliance of self care, the impact it can actually have on productivity, the impact looking after ourselves can have on our happiness, on our career longevity, rather than that kind of how much our work is negatively affecting us. That's just something that really struck me Is it's not something to, it doesn't show you're dedicated. In actual fact, it shows that you're going to burn out and possibly leave your career sooner if you didn't than if you did look after yourself. That being said, I mean, I listed people not sleeping, working longer hours, drinking more, but what do you sort of say the main signs we should be looking for are, Kirsty?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I completely agree with you, first of all, with what you're saying. I think people wear burnout. It's kind of like a badge of honour. Like I'm working really hard. I'm (laughs) doing really well in my career. But I mean, you're not going to be your best self if you're not looking after yourself. And you really want to prevent getting to that point of burnout, because if you're not, preventing and kind of being proactive then you're not going to be at work because you're not going to be well enough to be at work so yeah I think it's just perverse sense of gloating absolutely I agree I agree with you Um, but I think yeah there are definitely some signs that we could be looking out for and I think like you said I think that kind of word burnout gets thrown about a lot and I think a lot of people overuse it I mean I'm guilty of saying it I think at times I've been like oh I feel really burnt out and you just kind of say it and kind of brush it off but there are actually a lot of people that are experiencing burnout that don't even realise that they've got to that point until it is too late. So I do think kind of one of the most important things when we're talking about burnout is kind of that self-awareness. So really kind of understanding yourself, knowing your own warning signs and what sort of things you need to be looking out for. Um, Now, not to kind of get too technical because no one wants to go into the, the ins and outs of models. But uh, I think it is quite useful just to think about kind of three stages of burnout um, and talk through them just so people, I guess, that are listening to this can maybe recognize what stage they're, they're maybe at. Um, so the first stage is kind of like that honeymoon phase. And that's the phase that we all kind of want to stay in. So that's maybe when we are thriving at work, maybe we're feeling really ambitious, we're working really hard, we've got good job satisfaction. Um, And we're able to kind of cope with day to day stresses. It's not really kind of getting on top of us. And I think this is where it's really important to have those coping strategies to stress to kind of keep on top of any stress that does arise day to day. So it might be that you, I don't know, you do breathing exercises, or you've got kind of clear boundaries in place around your working hours to kind of help us stay in that honeymoon stage. But I think, unfortunately, a lot of people don't kind of stay in that stage, they don't prioritise their own well being. Um, They don't really think about how they manage stress. No one really knows what coping strategies to stress are, and we see a lot of people kind of fall into kind of the second stage, which is that onset of stress. So that's when we start to see those warning signs, like you said, uh, coming through. So I guess at that onset of stress, that's when we see that we're maybe starting to work longer hours. We've got heavy workload. Uh, maybe we're checking emails at the weekend, and we really kind of get that build up of stress within us. And I guess those increased demands start to kind of outweigh our resources to cope with that stress so that's when we start to see maybe increased heart rate we find that our concentration deteriorates I know for me when I'm feeling quite stressed I can't focus I'm rereading emails over and over again kind of sleep gets impacted and it's all just because our body's really kind of fueling itself off of those stress hormones adrenaline cortisol which it isn't kind of sustainable no one can kind of um live off kind of those stress hormones constantly um, and unfortunately I think over a period of time if we don't manage that acute stress it then becomes more chronic and we start to see those physical behavioral emotional signs kind of coming into play so maybe digestive issues maybe if you've got um like a skin condition like psoriasis eczema you got might get a flare-up of those skin issues uh, tension headaches a really common one feeling really overwhelmed Might be quite irritable, tearful, so seeing those fluctuations in our mood, deterioration in personal care. Um, There are so many different signs that we could be uh, looking out for. And I think a lot of the time we kind of don't recognise when that's happening until it gets to that point where it's too late. And the next stage is then that burnout stage where we just have no energy physically cognitively emotionally we've just got nothing to give we feel isolated we self-doubt and we kind of create that mental distance from work we have that kind of lack of power and control um and I think what's really important to highlight is that kind of this going through these stages doesn't happen overnight it's not just something that suddenly happens and you wake up burnt out I think it's something that gradually happens often without realizing it and I, I mean I could put my hand up and say I've definitely kind of gone through some of these stages not to that point of burnout but you start to see those warning signs coming through it's, it's kind of something really to look out for.
0: So that seems like a really clear process I quite like the idea that you know you've got that idea of the honeymoon period however you don't actually have to be in a brand new job you're not in a brand new job to have the honeymoon period it's just that you're in a really good place but it's a the stay in there that's key um we all get busy times like people get busy that's normal mm. but I think the key to success is like when you reach those busy times don't drop everything that's good for you yeah. so I noticed it myself I just I was thinking that even when I was um preparing for this session I was thinking oh the other night I said all oh, my I'm not gonna drink a whole month I'm not gonna drink until I go to the rave at the end of the month that'll be fine but then what happened was I had a really long day I um I'd been out, started, left the house at six in the morning, didn't get home till half seven at night, had been interviewing, travelling, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, oh, I really want a glass of wine. I didn't do any exercise. I mean, I'd done a bit of commuting travel and stuff, so I had moved, but I hadn't really done anything that nurtured or nourished myself, drunk wine, etc. cetera. That's fine for a day. You know, you've had a busy, long, hard day. You've been out and about. It's, it's what you need to do almost to just kind of unwind. But what you need to do is think, Oh, actually I've got quite a lot more busy days ahead this isn't a once and done situation there's a lot of stuff happening I've got more expectations I've got more deadlines when will I get a walk in how can I actually make sure I have enough time to get good sleep in? you know if I'm busy all day and then I'm using eating into my evenings to work or um, I'm gonna watch some telly to make sure that I've watched telly and you eat into actually what is essentially the good sleep time how am I gonna get to go to the gym you, you will all the good things that are good for you and nourish you will kind of drop away because you think, Well, I've got to prioritize work, which I get you do occasionally. But remember, what are the things that actually make you more focused and more successful? Well, generally, for me, like for me personally, I know I've got to eat well. Don't drink too much wine. I feel like this is just always my wine therapy whenever I'm on this podcast. But (laughs) drink less. I need to exercise. Those are kind of like my key components. It's not just any old exercise. I need to have worked out a good five or six times every week. I need to walk the dogs every day. It's just remembering those really important things that nourish you and prioritising them rather than just prioritising kind of work and chores, because they're the things that actually will keep you in that good place.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is easier said than done. But like you said, it is prioritizing what makes you feel good and what helps you to be the best version of yourself. Because, I mean, we can't be kind of hard on ourselves and make sure that we're kind of not doing things like having our glass of wine or kind of binging on the TV. And that's OK to do occasionally. But it's, I guess, like you said, if you are busy at work or you've got a lot going on, it is Taking that moment to think okay well how am I going to get through this busy period I need to prioritize my own self-care um, and I think a really useful again another model like thinking about burnout and looking after ourselves um is a model called the exhaustion funnel uh, that marie asperge put together she, she's actually an expert in burnout um and she called that whole process of just not really looking after yourself the exhaustion funnel it's something that we touch on a lot in our webinars actually yeah. because it's just such a useful model to ex- explain kind of where you are and how you can kind of get to that point of burnout so just thinking kind of the top of the funnel that would represent someone that's got kind of a full balanced lifestyle so like you said you've got time for sleeping you're going resting, out you're go- lot, fun all those working, fun things that you like yeah. to do um you're thriving at work though still yeah. you're keeping on top of your laundry you're cooking you're doing everything that you want to do and that's yeah. kind of that full balance that we're all kind of striving for And I think what happens a lot of the time is we slowly start to slip down that funnel and bit by bit things fall away, whether it is I know for me, it's maybe um, becoming maybe a little bit more withdrawn. So if I'm busy, perhaps I won't respond to friends messages or perhaps it's I'm going to skip the gym and then it ends up I'm going to skip it the next day. And then you realize it's been what a week or two and you haven't actually done any exercise. You've just been sitting on your bottom. So I think it's a really good model to think about, okay, so where are you on that funnel? Are we at the top? Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. you're doing all or the are areas the down. things that you should be doing. And, yeah. and have you been consistently letting something drip away? And don't also, the thing that I'm thinking of here is people go, oh, yeah, I go to the gym. Okay, but how often do you actually, in the past two weeks, how many times have you actually been? Because it's all within good thinking, I've gone. Mm. but if you've only gone once or twice then is that really that great oh yeah I'm always going out for a walk when was the last time you actually had a walk or had a lunch break away from your desk
1: I agree like I think that consistency is key and people always say oh I I I mean a lot of people say I I do these things for my well-being but when you actually take a moment to really think how consistent you are with mm. them you realize actually I probably don't look after myself as much as maybe I should do I think that's very common so is it yeah so it is and
0: it is easy to slip down but it's it's actually I've I mean I'm I'm a a mature lady now and I've reached breaking (laughs) point a number of times and I've spoken about it public on these these sorts of podcasts and then I don't want that to happen again and I want to be the best place I can be for my child and for my husband and for you guys, for my team, because I've got to look after you as well. And so I really do, I mean, I'll I'll step away from meeting. If a meeting has been booked and it's running, obviously unless it's external, but if a meeting is running into the time where I have my personal trainer or if a meeting is running into the time that I've booked that I've got to take the dogs out for a walk or something, I will leave it because that mm. was in my calendar first, and that is my priority. My, I will work long hours. I will work above and beyond. But for order, for me to do that, I need to, you know, deliver having these things.
1: Those, having those boundaries in place. Boundaries, isn't it? Is, a boundaries good, is, is a good. Boundaries is Yeah. But
0: yeah. if if I was, you know, reaching that point, Kirsty. I mean, I know personally that what happens when I reach that point when I've slipped down the funnel. and um, personally I can see what's happened to me. I get low in moods, I lack confidence, I find it hard to prioritize. I procrastinate, you know, I do every other job, all the easy jobs, because I can't find the ability to do the bigger, harder jobs. Um, and I hear really triggering thoughts in my mind. So that's that's mine. I drink and cry more as well. So they're they're my points. But how else will it how would you know what would be the signs really that someone was getting to that point?
1: Yeah, I mean everyone is completely different um that's why I say that self-awareness piece is key is really knowing yourself noticing when there's been that change in your behavior because it's something that's out of the ordinary for you that's when it's a kind of those telltale signs that something's going on and something is that you need to address so I think a lot of people don't really recognize their own signs until it's too late um so as I said just taking that moment to really just take a step back and think how am i feeling like am i feeling stressed am i noticing that i am overthinking again one of my warning signs similar to you i kind of i find that i do overthink i find that i'm my thoughts become quite erratic. Um, I can't focus on one thing. I'm trying to multitask. Um, And we will see kind of a mix of kind of physical signs, emotional and behavioural, whether it's become, you become more snappy. Uh, Perhaps um, it is that you just maybe don't take as much pride in your appearance. Um, It might be that you you procrastinate like you said Um, you make silly mistakes in your work because as I say you just haven't got that focus so there are so many f- signs that we need to be looking out for um, and I actually had this recently it is it's, it's easier said than done to say oh these are my warning signs but it's actually recognizing when they arise so I had it a couple of weekends ago i had been really really busy both outside of work and in work and I think I'd just overdone it and mm. I finally had a Sunday to myself just to relax and I was really looking forward to it and it got to Sunday and by the evening I started to get kind of a scratchy throat and I was like oh I really don't feel too good and I got to that point of just I hadn't looked after myself and I'd been slipping down that exhaustion funnel and was just exhausted um and it is normally when we don't stop and we don't think about managing stress we don't think about prioritizing our well-being it isn't until we stop that we finally kind of crash and we often end up getting ill. So I guess like around Christmas time, a lot of people get this, they'll take time off for Christmas. As soon as they go on annual leave, they get ill because their body's been just really fueling themselves off of those stress hormones rather than sustainable energy like glucose, oxygen. So essentially just looking after yourself, eating and drinking well. We often neglect that when we are just so busy. But There are so many different warning signs. Um, No one's the same. So it's just about understanding what's normal for you and what's changed in your behaviour and your feelings, thoughts.
0: Productivity and longevity. If you keep Mm. looking after yourself, your body will look after you. But touch wood. I'm touching wood. I I haven't had any time of sick for years. Years and years and years. I've had a wisdom tooth taken out. I get my eye come up every now and then, but I don't really need to take time off for that, maybe a day or two, just because I physically can't see. That's it. Because you're constantly taking your annual leave, you're constantly looking after Mm. yourself, and you deliver, like, you can deliver large amounts of work. I think people think if you're working really, really long hours, then you're delivering more. But actually, what is the quality, how successful and how sustainable is that, really? Mm. But it's easy to, to slip, slip into this and sometimes not even notice those symptoms, Um, considering things that lead to burnout can just seem like everyday things, like they could just feel like normal things. When you don't practice regular self-care and well-being, that fatigue and exhaustion can build up. So, I mean, I said I I'm the prime example, role model. it's perfect, I don't really, but yeah, the idea is that you know, if you're not practicing looking after yourself regularly, then things can build up. We can get overloaded and just really struggle. So those kind of the just the day to day needs of life, like literally, oh, got to get the laundry, got to get the shopping, got to get mm. the, do that. It can just seem so much and too much to do because you're just you're not looking after yourself and you just don't have anything else left to give. When actually, do you want to be giving everything to work when you could be giving some to your family and your life and really getting that nice, nice lifestyle as well? It's easy to look at everyone else, and I'm big, big criminal of this. Criminals are one word, I'm the... a <laughs> big I'm a big problem I do this a lot look at everyone else's life and think they're doing more than me they're doing better than me I should be doing more I should be better and it goes back to that kind of peculiar people that were boasting about being burnout you know that kind of the always on culture glamorizing oh I was up till four in the morning working is that actually a good thing so we just need to really be thinking about the kinds of things that could actually really lead to burnout what might they be Kirsty?
1: I mean it's going to be very different again to for different people but I mean a number of things can lead to a burnout if we're thinking specifically kind of I guess in a work context anything that's going to cause us more stress than usual so it could be Kind of increased workload, longer working hours, pressure, demands of like maybe deadlines, projects, um, even your manager. Your manager can cause a lot of stress if you haven't Not got. Kind of, no, you're a fantastic <laughs> manager. But If you do have a manager that maybe micromanages and doesn't give you the support you need, they can be a source of your stress. So I think from a work context. Everyone's gonna have their own triggers. So for me, I like I if I've got a really long to do list and I'm not in the best place, I haven't been taking care of myself and taking that time to rest in the evenings and I'm just overdoing it, I then will try and multitask and I'm just not productive. I'm not efficient. So my trigger would be kind of my workload if I don't keep on top of it. but yeah, lots of different triggers to stress. um and just kind of looking at research because we do kind of a lot of um Looking at research for our, our sessions that we we do for line managers and, and, and employees, but we are seeing kind of a rise of employees really struggling to manage stress at work. Um, so there was research done at the start of the pandemic and uh, they found that 46% of UK workers uh, felt more prone to extreme levels of stress. 46%, so it's a huge, huge number. Um, And one in five people feel unable to manage with stress and pressure in the workplace. So again, really high numbers. So it just goes to show how kind of common it is. Um, But yeah, like you said, there isn't isn't just one thing that causes stress. You can't just say it works the cause of all my stress in life because that's no that's not going to happen there are going to be loads of different factors at play like you said just things like i need to do the laundry or oh i feel like i haven't spent much time with my children i need to make sure i'm prioritizing time with them maybe having quality time with your partner maybe it's money worries feeling isolated if you live by yourself it could be not sleeping well um caring responsibilities there are so many factors that we really need to think about when it comes to our stress in general and then what can cause burnout.
0: We can be pulled in so many directions, I think. A lot of people just have a lot of responsibilities and yeah, work might be fine, but then so many other things are demanding your attention and and, and time at that point that you just you can't do everything. Um, and so yeah, particularly I've seen it with caring. In um, There's a lot of stuff that you have to be doing outside of work if you're supporting an elderly relative or if you've got um, children or both and the job you know it mm. can just be too much and something's got to give and it ends up being your health and well-being unfortunately and what I, like, when I was thinking about this session it isn't something really burnout that goes away on its own it's not just gonna kind of pop up and then
1: Oh, disappear again <laughs> like a
0: rash or like an itch it doesn't just disappear it actually it, it will get worse like unless you address it unless you look at the underlying cause of it it's not going to get any better if you ignore it if you ignore and keep pushing and pushing and pushing it could cause you further harm to your physical mental health in the future i mean you you there's an in- relationship between um increased stress and your risk of cancer You've also got like relationship to other long-term mental health conditions. If you are experiencing stress for a long period of time, there's loads of other kind of thinking about things like high blood pressure, and you mentioned about all the other long-term conditions you can get, like IBS and stuff, because your bowel can get affected. We get physical symptoms of individuals experiencing eczema, migraines, backache, or you're holding yourself so tight. You know, there's there's loads of other negative consequences of not addressing it and not managing it. You just can lose the ability and energy to just meet the demands of life, job, everything that you need to be doing. Burnout can be misunderstood, but I think it can also be, I said it could be glamorised earlier, but it can also be stigmatised because at the end of the day it's related to mental health, which a lot of people are still not fully open and happy talking about. But for me what I think is really important is the f- impact it can have on your health and on your well-being and just being productive because who doesn't want to feel well <laughs> be healthy mm-hmm. and be productive that's like something f- as a foundation to live your life on it's really worth investing in in preventing it rather than the cure because once you've gone through it and you've kind of broken and then you've got to pick yourself back up again what Kirsty and I live and breathe is just getting into that really good and healthy place and we've been there we've been through that bit where we've got into that distress fatigue exhaustion piece where you're low you can't engage in stuff you're avoiding things i might you know from my perspective i ended up having loads and loads of therapy it's not a nice place to get there let's give you the tools let's, we've lived the difficult bits let's give you the tools in order to you know build yourself up and uh, i'm sure Kirsty, you've got some top tips of what you could actually be doing to prevent rather than cure
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, where to even start? I mean, there are so many tips when it comes to preventing burnout. And yeah, I mean, I'm not perfect. I'm still working on it and trying to be more proactive and look after myself. And as I said, I had a couple of weeks ago when I was ill because I hadn't kind of looked after myself as well as I should have. But Mm. I mean, I guess for me, I won't want to say whether it's a top tip, but that, as I said at the start of this session, I think it's. That self-awareness piece for me is just absolutely key. So really know yourself. Um, the more you know yourself, the more you're going to know your warning signs, recognise kind of your changes in your feelings, your thoughts, your behaviours.
0: Let me just stop you there because I agree. But oh, you, you, I, I think you might go on to say it in a bit, but it's about actually stopping. Stop this podcast. Stop right now mm-hmm. and really think about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm very guilty of it. Going a million miles an hour because you've got so much going on. But that's not productive and efficient you need to mm. just take a moment to stop to pause and really think okay how am I actually feeling right now it's like that could kind of check in with yourself mm. and it's something I'd really recommend everyone to do is just slow down we're all going at this really fast pace yeah. and we can't keep that pace so just taking that time to really slow down and do things for you I think another one that's really important is kind of recognizing your triggers as well um we all have different triggers but do you know what actually is specifically causing you stress? Is it work-related? Is it your workload? Is it that you're working long hours? Is it something outside of work? And the more, again, you know your triggers, the better you're going to be able to prevent that stress from happening. Um, Some other useful top tips, so taking regular breaks. I know it's easier said than done, particularly when you're really busy at work, but just, as I said, it goes back to taking that moment of pause. Um, Have you noticed maybe you're breathing shallow? I find sometimes when I'm really stressed, I don't breathe properly like I noticed I sit there and I'm like I'm not properly breathing like it's really shallow breathing um so yeah just taking that moment taking regular breaks throughout the day if it's just kind of two minutes ideally kind of taking five ten minutes if you can um every kind of couple of hours just to take some time away from your desk get outside get some fresh air um engage in self-care practice. I know self-care is a bit of a fluffy word. A lot of people don't like to use that term, but it's essentially just those things that make you feel good and you shouldn't feel guilty or selfish for taking time out for yourself. Um, it's just as important as eating and drinking, essentially. So If you have a bath, don't Instagram it and sit on your phone no. while you're
0: having the bath. Have the bath. Just Chuck be your mindful. devices out <laughs> the room. Play some meditative music. Do not take a photo of it and then see how many people
1: have liked the bath photo (laughs) yeah I agree with you like it's just whatever works for you but just really being mindful when you're in those moments for yourself so whether it is going for a walk like looking at what's around you like what you can you see touch taste smell here so tapping into the senses that's a really good way of just kind of calming your stress levels meditation it's not for everyone I personally really like it um but I agree some people just find it hard to just sit for 10 you minutes and try not to think of anything recordings of, on, on the yes though. i'd highly so, recommend those dance. they're brilliant yeah. yeah breathing exercises i mean i we all have we all breathe but we don't <laughs> use our breath enough and it's yeah. a, such a good way of just calming ourselves down um cooking a meal for yourself maybe even if it's just putting your favorite song on and just dancing around the room like whatever works for you Just do it, engage in those self-care practices, find something that makes you feel good personally, and then just start with those small steps because you don't want to put that pressure on of I need to do this, 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 this every day to look after myself. It's taking a little bit of time each day and then gradually building on that. I think so, so important. Um, I guess another one uh, boundary management I know you touched on that earlier we spoke a bit about boundaries but again absolutely key if we don't have any boundaries in place then we're not going to be prioritizing ourselves and doing what's right for us so Again, in work context, maybe taking a lunch break um, every day, so putting it in your diary, making sure you finish work on time, not looking at emails in the evenings at the weekends are really good ones. And then I think just in general, again, another great tip um, is just having coping strategies to stress, because, again, a lot of us don't have them and making sure we complete the stress cycle and when I'm talking about kind of completing the stress cycle this is a really good term I actually got it from a book that I've read which I'd highly recommend everyone to read it's called Burnout um, by Emily and Amelia Nagowski Um, and they talk about kind of how important it is to kind of get rid of those stress hormones in our bodies rather than letting it build up so whether it's in the uh, throughout the course of the day or at the end of the day do something that gets rid of those stress hormones whether it's exercise maybe it's singing along to your favorite song laughing they suggest laughing maybe having a hug with someone even a big old cry I mean that always works for me anytime I cry it gets rid of all those stress hormones (laughs) and as I said like the power of your breath so just breathing exercises are so so powerful for for reducing our stress levels so as I said I mean I can talk about this topic for for hours on end but there's just kind of a few little tips that I guess listeners can take away and think about that they might want to implement
0: that boundary one it's um it's always an interesting one I love socializing I love meeting up with people I love hanging out and I was like no I'm only gonna do one thing a week because after Covid I just went a bit on one and it was like yeah all the time going out or going out. And I looked at my calendar. Like before COVID, I would end I was once had a bit of a panic attack. So I was like, oh my goodness, I'm booked up all the way till September. And it was only May or something. I've got something on almost every mm. weekend until it was end of August, September. it was so stressful. Lucky a few things got cancelled. But at the time I just remember thinking, why have I done this? This is this is so busy. And then COVID came and you had two years of basically doing nothing and then we came back out again. And I was like, woo, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to go. And it it was exhausting like because you work yeah. all week and then you're out on weekends and then you're trying to get the house ready for the next week and get the child ready. in. I thought, no, beginning January this year, actually, I'm going to be much better. I'm going to have much better boundaries. Mm. So I'm going to just book one event a month. Well, I didn't think that through. And so I booked like... One event on the last weekend of January and then the next event on the first weekend of February. So oh, I, no. I had another thing in, in February, just how you happened. I had three things in a row again, even oh, no. I don't and there were two sets
1: <laughs> Oh God, although you did have good boundaries see the other week. I mean, yeah, we went out for some work drinks and you were very good and put your boundary, you're going to leave the drinks at a reasonable time to get... To your gym class the next morning, and you did, you and stuck
0: did. to it. I was very I impressed, yeah. I mean, so it's not me to do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's important, I think, as well, when you're socializing because it's great and well and good to see everybody, and be, being with friends and having fun is really important. But if you overstretch yourself too much in your social life, then you're not going to give yourself any time to recover as well. But I love those suggestions, uh, they're really brilliant. But just as a word of Warning from the wise, you can't do everything all at once. You know, don't write down every single thing that Kirsty said and then just do every single one, it's too overwhelming break it down into smaller tasks. Perhaps just make sure you have a break away from your office, your desk, your house or wherever at lunch every day. Like just say, I'm just going to have a break, even if it's 20 minutes. And Kirstie said about finishing work on time. It might be that, you know what? You've worked so long hours for so many years, you can't just drop them down to the normal seven hours or whatever as people work. But maybe every other day, you could finish work on time, set yourself to have a class that you need to get to or do something. Think about how you could work on looking at those kind of non-negotiables. What are the things that work really well for you to make you healthy and happy? I mean, I said it's about eating healthy, exercising and not drinking too much wine. So what is it that actually works for you? List them down. List your trigger signs, your warning signs. Prioritise those non-negotiables and check in with yourself. How are you feeling? Just do something small, little tiny things. See how those feel. That way you can kind of test the impact the positive things have and take it from there. But thank you so much. I mean, thank you, Kirsty. It's been incredibly insightful. You I love welcome. your passion. I
1: absolutely loved it. I mean, as I said, I could talk for hours. But yeah, thank you for having me. I've really, really enjoyed it.
0: Well, thank you for coming and thank you everybody for for listening. We've actually, um, next month, we've got a session with some uh, exercise fitness instructors, personal trainers, um, and it's on literally getting fit, so it fits really nicely, segues um, from this session really well. um, And kind of thinking about the journey to fitness and the importance of, you know, you can't just be running a marathon straight away, but we're so sedentary. our Most people's jobs are most sedentary now. So we, we really want to be looking at the importance of that. So thank you so much for listening. Hope you can come along to next month's. Take care.